A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I am Ken Absock. And this is the Mandalorian Report. I always feel like that noise should be there. It's exactly what I, I'm I was going to say. You yeah. just did it. It's great. It's where it sinks. <laughs> we feel it. Yeah. That's the Mandalorian playing keyboard. That's exactly what's happening right there. Yeah. Maybe Baby Yoda with the Force. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here in a place where I feel free to say Baby Yoda because I'm still trying to contain myself a little bit on the internet. Absolute yep. fool's errand. 
Very silly. It's very, very silly. Oh, man. Even on other shows, uh, not even Star Wars related shows, it comes <laughs> up. And I kind of have that moment of like, but but maybe our UK friend. OK. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they all know or they are pirates or yes. both. And anyway, we are going to get into chapter five of The Mandalorian called The Gunslinger. So just right off the bat. I want to talk about the title. We, yeah. We've taken a journey across the stars in these titles, uh, the stars of meaning. Uh, yes. What do you think the gunslinger means? You know, it's you know what's funny is uh, you know the title pops up and I was like, oh, this is kind of what the show was supposed to be about, like not like in the negative sense, but just like we got promised. Right. The man learning was going to be a lone gunslinger, lone gunslinger making his way across the galaxy. So you could apply it to him. You could apply it to this uh, Toro chap. Uh, not a good gunslinger, but a gunslinger. Ming Na Wen, she's slinging a gun for sure. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, the rifle slinger. The rifle slinger. Uh, I though, in the end, think the gunslinger might actually be the the foot foot foot, the foot feet footprint feet <laughs> the jingle feats. jangling feet walking up at the end. It, it could be all of the it above. Was certainly the jingle of a gunslinger. Yes, the booted gunslinger, <laughs> the jangly uh, gunslinger. I feel like it was for me. I I chose to interpret it as it is about the idea of what is a gunslinger. Yeah, we'll get into this, but one of the things that I really liked about the episode is the contrast between Toro and Fennec and the Mandalorian mm. in seeing how he didn't quite feel comfortable in the boots of a gunslinger anymore. Right. That he wasn't really a gunslinger or that kind of idea of, of the legend of the gunslinger. Mm. And there's a lot in this episode that I really liked about the idea of, of being legendary. But that's kind of why I took it. It's sort yeah. of like... This idea of the gunslinger, mm-hmm. and that's what the kid wants to be. It's what Mando still is. Yeah, but is it what he wants to be? Yeah, no, I, it, that starts to come through a little, little uh, half step behind on some things. Uh, not that he's uh, you know an old retired player, but just like Fennec was kind of getting the getting the the angle on him there a little bit. There's yeah. a lot of um, or was she or was Ooh. she Ooh. a lot of uncertainty out of the Mando at times. You know where I feel a lot of times he kind of is in control or at least no, especially go back to the opening sequence of the show, the cold open to start this all. And hear him like, I'm not sure if that's our target. I'm not sure what's going on. So a lot of questions, fun. And I really like your idea there, the determination that the Toro, I love the opening pose of him in Han's seat pose chair. Yeah. Harkening back to that's yeah, a smuggler, but remember even that smuggler wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't sure of who he was deep down inside. Yeah. So all that all that does work for me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's dive in then to uh, big overall reactions, the basics. Did we did we like it? And then we'll get into all the details. All right. Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this episode has been a conversation uh, starter. The conversation slinger. <laughs> uh, I am uh, I am not a, a huge fan of. I'm not not a huge fan of the episode, but then again, it's very very easy to talk about, talk about this episode because a lot of things I love in it. So. Mm-hmm. I've had that a lot of conversations this week. We had the big live uh, schmodown, so there's a lot of folks asking that question. You know? Oh yeah, did you like it? Did you, oh, like, did you it? like it? Did you like? It? I gotta get, I gotta get your thoughts. Um, and I say, tune into Force Center for the full thoughts. But uh, my initial reaction is, yeah, I just there's again like episode four, though episode four I thought was much much better. This one had some real world things in it outside of the story that I just did not did not like, and that's okay. Okay, uh, I, I did not like some of the acting choices made by uh, Jake Cannavale. I, I didn't like some of the directing and dialogue by Dave Filoni. Um, and it, and even after 
three rewatches, I'm still there. Okay. And I and I we preach a lot about hey, hey, watch again. Hey, take a point, dig dig deep. So that that is it's been a sticking point for me. And I, I just you know, have to be honest about that. And yeah. and uh but then it's a lesson not a lesson, but like I, what we do here for centers is take the time and Man, there's a lot of things about the Tuscan Raiders and, and, and yeah. things I can go into, and the Return of Moss Eisley, which, by the way, I really love. That that that's not a stretch, right? It's not a stretch, and I think it's okay to go. I didn't like this, but there's some things in here that really add to this story. Yeah, yeah. I think what we discuss on Four Center is we are fine being negative about something. We just yeah. want to be negative in a positive way. <laughs> <laughs> Positive negativity here at yeah. Force Center. But you, you know what I mean of just yeah. the idea of it, it is okay for us to say we absolutely love Star Wars. Eh, that one line didn't work for me. Yeah. The dad joke in, in Darth Vader, Aaron uh, from dad, from Darth Vader and from dad Vader and Rogue One. <laughs> I, that will never be my, my favorite line. Yeah. And I understand other fans disagree and that's fine. But yeah. It's okay to just say it that way instead of starting an entire Twitter account fighting against the lines you don't like. And that's what we don't uh, yeah. want to do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my big picture reaction is there were one or two beats that are like, eh, I'm not sure if that's ever going to be my favorite, mm. but that's not a big deal for me. I think the big tension of this episode for me is there was far more I liked than didn't. And some stuff I absolutely loved, like the Tuscan Raiders we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about. Um, but I think it is suffering from an ambiguity of what the show is. As we reach mm. chapter five. Mm. So this, this show starts with uh, all of the buildup of it's a lone gunslinger. So you're going into it going, oh, maybe it's going to be a little bit of episode of the week. This is yeah. action figures. We're just playing with them. And this is Amanda going and having cool Star Wars action and cool Star Wars mm. places. But then immediately this really compelling story emerges of who is the Mandalorian? What is his relationship with baby Yoda? What are the creepy imperials and possibly a Camino cloner doing with the baby. And now we've had two episodes in a row that feel a little bit more episode of the week. Yeah. So there's this tension of like, well, is this relationship with baby Yoda and that story setting up the Mando and baby Yoda to have a couple of adventures of the week? And are we going to come back to the main story or are we just kind of missing the main story? Yeah. Now that's my reaction to it as it plays out. My guess and hope is that some of the things that we learned about Mando and about the state of the galaxy mm. are going to be really, really crucial. Yeah. And Fennec Shand and whoever the boots are. Right, right. And all those things are going to be crucial. And we're going to look back at this and go, wow, it felt like an episode of the week that wasn't driving the overall plot forward. Yeah. But in retrospect, if you didn't know this about Mando's rocky relationship with what it means to be a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get to see how the crime syndicates collapsing changed the face of even outer rim places like mm-hmm. Tatooine. Yeah. If you didn't know that Mando and Fennec Shan kind and knew of one another and respected one another, mm-hmm. then the rest of what's coming won't land as, as well. Uh, great point. And this takes us to a thing I'd love to really dive in with, with you is this is this this term filler, which gets thrown around a lot. And, and Andres Cabrera and I had a good conversation over on, on Collider about that word nice. filler. And I don't like the word filler at all. Um, I understand where that comes up. Right. But and, and sometimes I'm like, ah, that's the only word some of us might have to describe 
what we feel about the episode. Yeah. And he, uh, Andres, a big anime fan, says that, you know, hey, that word kind of really kind of comes out of that world because they had to fill episodes between animation. A great conversation there. But we both kind of agreed. And I think I definitely want to pull you into this train of thought and conversation of um, every one of these quieter episodes, we're supposed to learn something new. And even though it is... I called it Love Boat almost, like guest star of the week kind of thing. <laughs> it's definitely getting there. It's definitely getting there. Um, what can we learn? At the time at the time of that review, uh, I was like, I don't fully know what that answer is, what I learned about Mando. But by the end of that and now carrying it into here, which is why this is where I really love discussing the show more than any place is to take the time of like, I'm like, oh, you know what? I learned some things about Mando, his relationship to the idea of being a father. Yep. Uh, I learned this. And I was like, okay, there's a lot there that, that this will hopefully tie back to this episode, some things, some themes. And yeah, that's my monologue on the word filler. <laughs> and I'm sure you are, you are in the same ballpark for, with us. Uh, 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 let you just kind of set that up too. Yeah. I mean, I think there's filler has a little bit of a negative connotation. Right. Like, you know, there's important stuff going on, but you just had to sell some more commercials and you pumped this out. Right. right. It, but episode of the week used to be how the vast majority of American television storytelling yes. existed. And I remember my first experiences with longer form was like deep space nine really getting away. Mm. Like maybe different shows would have kind of a longer arc, yeah, but like Deep Space Nine was one of the first shows. Like, screw it! What really matters is this long-term storytelling, right? And American television has really evolved to be about that, and all of our cultural uh, consumption has evolved to be about that. Where people are going to see Ant Man and the Wasp because they know that there's something in there that will be mm. vital to the next big Avengers movie. And you know, there's a criticism we heard a lot of like, is solo necessary yeah. to the story? So we've had this huge cultural shift mm. where episode a week used to be like, you know, you'd sit down in the nineties to watch the X-Files and people would go, Oh, is it a mythos episode where they continue <laughs> the big story or is it a monster of the week? Yeah. And those were distinctions, not value judgments. That I, was the way. Yeah, that <laughs> was the way. And I think there is a little bit of a value judgment. And yeah. I think this one is sitting in this, in the middle of like, is it honestly episode of the week? Was the episode before episode of the week? Yeah. Or is there stuff in here that is going to be absolutely vital to the overall story yeah. of season one of The Mandalorian? And, and, and episodes four and five are very similar, right? So that that the, in a sense of... It, he gets to a spot, needs some help, gets involved, helps somebody or kind of helps somebody, you know. So that 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 to me made it seem even more like eh, we've already been here. But you're very right. Deep Space Nine is kind of the first one that was like yeah, the show. I, I, th- I mean, along with X-Files, but X-Files, X-Files really did a different spin on it. And, yeah. and Next Generation had some continuing storytelling, but it right. still had a real like, no, no, no. This is the way of American television. You yeah. have to tune in having never been seen an episode and be able to be caught up in a previously. Pre- yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think there's, I don't say spoiled, but there's this kind of almost weird expectation now that everything must be very clear in the next chapter. Even, even Game of Thrones got that, uh, that episode was filler. It's like, give it a second. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, the, I think the, yeah, the emotional needs and perspectives of the character yeah. is never entirely clear. Like, for me, I think it is potentially vital yeah. that Chapter 4 and Chapter 5, which I think people can both see as mm. episode of the week, yeah. are, to me, mirrors, mirror images of one another. Yeah. In Episode 4, the Mandalorian kind of gets lauded for being a father with a good mm-hmm. bond 
with his baby who wants to watch over him. He gets to use his skills to do something noble yeah. and save good people who are just trying to get by. In chapter five, he's just on the run and he has to go back to attempt to go back to his sort of uh, villainous bounty hunter ways yeah. that he feels morally dubious about in what is coded to us, the audience, is the original wretched hive of scum yeah. and villainy and plunge back into that world mm. of capturing someone that he clearly kind of admires in yeah. You know, fears, ha- I think fears, fears ha- has certainly has respect for yeah. sees this kid who wants nothing but to capture and kill to prove himself mm-hmm. also just finds out I can't go. Even if I wanted to do this morally, yeah, I can't go back because, in fact, the entire guild wants to kill me. And there are a million people hoping to be legends mm-hmm. by killing me. Right. And on top of that, I don't know where to put a baby <laughs> yeah. i left a baby in a hot spaceship yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm a terrible father and that gets called out yeah by uh uh Pelly Pelly, Mo- yeah. moto moto yeah i would keep wanting to say molo after uh, john molo the costume designer of the original <laughs> trilogy <laughs> um yeah so oh. i think there is this strong contrast in, in developing his view of himself as a hunter yeah and as a parent yeah that, yeah, so, and there you go. So right now we already got some themes that are perhaps moving this fo- more forward than uh, the yeah. love boat <laughs> construct of storytelling they've got going on. Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't think you learned that much about love boat characters, but it's been a long time, so who knows? Um, let's move into some uh, sort of things that we liked, uh, some big things, some small things, and then we'll get into some uh, canon stuff in, in big themes as well. So... I know you said that there are some things that you mm-hmm. struggled with. Actually, do you, do you want to talk about working through uh, it's, any of those? Uh, t- uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do, you know. Um, favorite dislikes. Favorite, <laughs> favorite uh, Story-wise, there wasn't. I got to tell you, story-wise, it's similar to the way we kind of talk and celebrate the prequels. The story, the beats, everything is just some of the acting, the chemistry. The execution. Execution. The dialogue, a lot of those things. And George will, you know, ah, it's supposed to be 1930s acting. And it's supposed to, great. Fine with that. That's where this came from me. I just, I just, I, 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 he's a professional working actor, but Jack Cannavale, Jake Cannavale, I just, I love his father. Oh, great. I, I, I just, every step along the way, it took me out a little bit. Okay. And, and, and that's, so that can't be, I can't analyze, I'm not going to analyze the story. Right. So acting, I think, does come down to uh, mm-hmm. sometimes taste and also just how it affects us on an emotional level because yeah. it's, it's somebody trying to connect with the audience. Yeah. So is it that you just didn't connect with him, you didn't dislike him, or did was it literally you were taken out where you felt, felt like that is a human saying lines on a set, not I, I don't sh- feel immersed in the story? <laughs> I shouldn't look at it and go, that looks like my YouTube acting. Uh, no, I, I, I'll be honest, I mean, I was, I was to a weirdly safe place. I was almost weirdly upset at him and the choice to hire him and the choice to put him in there. Okay. So you, so, so his, it's safe to say that his performance was not powerful enough to remove from your mind, the real world behind it, that this is the son of a well-known actor, probably connected all that. And you couldn't, his, his, because a great, actor from your perspective mm-hmm. would have erased all of that from your mind would have erased it and this is uh yeah so 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 but it, so it would be easy for me to stop off at that cynical bus stop yeah get off and not enjoy the rest of it and that's we've already discussed there's a lot to to address um i also and i, I think we've addressed it here before but i i think let's 
I have found myself, and this is not the way, this is not good. <laughs> I have found myself really defensive of the films and Last Jedi in particular based off this show being used against those. And we talked more about that. So I will admit, this is an admission of guilt. <laughs> I thought there was some bad directing in this episode at times. Yeah. And I'm like, but this is the guy you all want to run the thing, Dave right. Filoni. And I was a little like, are we all, all going to see this? And that's not bad on Dave because Dave will probably tell you I'm learning. And yeah. I want Dave to learn. And I want Dave to direct <laughs> in season two. And I want um, – I so I have to admit a, 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 a little step into the dark side from me. Okay. I didn't make an angry car video, but just I was kind of like – the dialogue was really bad at times, and uh, that's a writing thing. And also a director, I feel, especially with TV, also a showrunner, should keep all the actors in the same show. Like, for case in point, like, I, I, first of all, I'm a fan of Amy Sedaris. Yeah. And it's also very interesting to be like, do you recognize her as the voice from Bojack, or do you go Strangers with Candy? That's uh, your generation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> what absolutely. generation are you in? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit of both. I'm <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a Bojack. Uh, I'm, I'm based on uh, Princess Carolyn. Princess Carolyn. Yeah, definitely yep. heard Princess Carolyn. I've also I got to do a show with Amy Sedaris oh, once, yeah, several years ago, and she's right. she's just so amazing yeah. and kind. And it was the day that I had released uh, the book on oh, just nerd yeah. culture essays uh, called Comedy of Doom that I had released. And a friend mentioned that and she wanted to stop everything in the green room and talk about my oh, little great. nerd book I had released. So like I, I am yeah. predisposed to love Amy yeah. Sedaris because of her, all of her work, yeah. performer, writer and and the behind the scenes of getting to meet her and her That's being awesome. just an awesome person to me. And she was great. So but my point being, she was great. And sometimes I felt like she was uh, in a holiday special version, which I mean, I, I could list the things I loved <laughs> about the character. Uh, and then that Jake Cannavale wasn't, uh, Mando Samando, uh, but Ming Na Wen was great. So, anyways, I, I'm just saying none of this is necessarily right. Yeah. I'm just saying after three viewings, I still was kind of like upset for some reason that I've got to just, I got to rebuild my helmet, destroy it, <laughs> um, and, and, and separate myself because that's just going to cloud my view. Right. And I think, yeah, ultimately you want to. One wants to the best of their ability to immerse themselves in the fiction, and then you yeah. can always repeat later and have the like, well, why did George Lucas make those choices? What what, yeah. what do you think was going on set with Dave Filoni? Why was that person cast? But I think yeah. ideally you, we want to be able to disappear into it and have that be a second conversation. And so right? that's, that's where I'm at. That's yeah. where I am right now. Totally but, understandable. But, but, uh, but it uh, doesn't – yeah, there's yeah. so many things I didn't, didn't yeah. like. <laughs> okay. Focus determines uh, reality, Joseph, right? <laughs> yes, and let's continue to focus on uh, dislikes <laughs> for a moment. Because uh, <laughs> I do want to talk about the Toro thing. Yeah. I, I, my first viewing, I did feel like there was like, this is, I'm a, a little, feel tonally swept about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I rewatched it again after seeing that people didn't like his acting performance. And I didn't like the character, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to. I mm -hmm. felt like he was supposed to be bargain basement Han Solo. I think totally. it's incredibly on purpose to put him in that same booth. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even like having him have that kind of whiny delivery mm. of, you know, early on, like, but this is my first job. It all felt very on purpose for me. And, and so mm. it, it worked for the character. I yeah. don't know how I would make different choices from my perspective. Right. But I understand that tonally taking people out if it yeah. didn't work for them for yeah. me it worked for that character and i mean 
I was happy that he was shot. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going <laughs> to Because I joke. really disliked the character and I felt like I was <laughs> supposed to because he is this picture yeah. of here is somebody who is who who claims they want to be a scoundrel, just like yeah. Han Solo. And they actually are. Yeah. There isn't anything redeeming or better about them. They are the kind of a-hole you would sit down at a bar and they would just brag because their ship was faster than yours. And they yeah. have no more depth than that. And mm-hmm. they would kill to get better boots than you so they could right. brag about that at the bar. And that is not who the Mando is. Right. And it doesn't even seem who, that's who Fennec Shand is. Right. Uh, one of my favorite moments, though, was him shooting her. And I thought he did play that well. And I thought, yeah, so to, to your point, like, like I, they could have easily done some other version, some other him crying, I'm not, I'm bad at this and everything. And, but he was killed her. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, I'll, <laughs> I'll hold that thought. I don't think he killed her, but shot her. Yeah, I don't, and, think, I don't think he and shot her. I did like the I mean, I don't think he killed her. He clearly shot her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, a lot of that, a lot of that is there for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I'm glad he's dead. For, <laughs> for me, tonally, I think the one thing that bothered me was, and it's not the fault of the music, it is the choice of the director. And, and this is a pet, a growing pet peeve of mine. Mm. I do not need music to tell me when comedy is happening. I can recognize <laughs> that without kind of funny i like i understand tonally sometimes but i think i think that uh amy sedaris's perfectly funny performance right after she found baby yoda yeah and was trying to decide what to feed him yeah was undercut a little bit by the music going it's silly time (laughs) and again not a criticism the actual execution of the music no i disagree with the choice to to take us in that direction excellent point yeah excellent point can i yeah yeah, we'll come. I, I re- like like when I say like Amy Sitters seems sometimes to be in a little different thing. I, I think that just she did one thing. Toro was doing one thing. Uh, but I really from the design of her hair looking like a 1970s. Oh, yeah. She mechanic, did look like Ripley. Yeah. Uh, Ripley. That's a great example. Uh, everything about it. Uh, really happy with that. Yeah. That the pit droids. All that. Yeah. Stuff was, yeah pit droids are up there with one of my uh, my yeah. favorite things. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah. And I know you have. Uh, we will move on to likes in just a moment, but yeah. uh, but I do want to follow up on another dislike you said. You, you said that there was some dialogue that you weren't sure about. Is there a specific ex- example? Uh, it's a Star Wars tradition, right? Um, I didn't like. Well, I'll tell you what. I didn't like one 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 line, and that led to my favorite line in the episode. Which <laughs> yeah. I gonna, uh, I didn't like the. Uh, wait, but I'm not wearing Beskar. <laughs> And when Bando says, nope, nope. that's <laughs> right. favorite. So there's this, some clunky, very clunky Star Warsy lines, which, by the way, is a it's, weird tradition in Star Wars. Well, I mean, it's it, it's this fine line. It is, yeah. It's built off of uh, yeah. adventure serials where people just said in old comic books and that, like, look at yeah. it. Look at, you know, people who are like, man, the, the classic comics of, you know, Chris, Chris Claremont's run on Dark Phoenix. You go read some of those. Yeah. They they just say things that are happening out loud. So, yes. yeah, there is a tradition in this kind of storytelling. Yeah. So there was some there was some of that where, yes, it was like that is a do back or <laughs> and it just, there was just and I didn't. I didn't like it's not that I didn't like the lie. Maybe it was more in his delivery. The way he delivered is like, I'm going to be legendary again. It all. There's no part of me that's like, why wasn't this like the wire? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like there's no part of me that I just I just 
I just I all would. through the episode just was kind of like bumping around. And then, <laughs> I'd love to see a scene where the Mando figures out an entire crime scene by just saying the F word <laughs> quietly to himself, though. Speaking um, of the wire. And even then, uh, I think I was okay with the the guy, the beginning, the fighter, the bounty hunter chasing him, doing the, you know, I'll bring you in warm, bring you in cold. That's my line. I was okay with that. Yeah. That, um, that one set me back. I think. But it wasn't my, it wasn't my favorite. And I got to yeah. tell you, and, and, and. Yeah, can I say this? One of my fears coming out of Star Wars Celebration, and even before this, was, man, we're doing Star Wars live action on TV. I hope it doesn't look like it's on TV. Yeah. And that opening space battle, to me, looked like it was made on an IBM 95. A lot of talented <laughs> an- animators, so I'm being, a, I'm, being a, I'm being a jerk when I say that, but yeah. it, it started me off really wrong. Okay. I was like, it's just on my... Is this Tie Fighter, the game from '94? Like, <laughs> and that's where Ken had a bad attitude. The rest okay. of the episode. Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I understand the darkness <laughs> seeping in. Yeah, I, I already uh, gave myself counseling about that. The first line, I'll, yeah. the warm and cold. That's my line. It, okay. First, it bothered me because you're just like, I really like that line when Mando said it, it's and quiet, I yeah. didn't. It, this feels the fifth episode of a show feels early to be a little meta about yourself. That's fair, yeah. Um, but then when I thought about it, it's never going to be my favorite line, but it, it does sort of get your head in the right direction for the theme of mm-hmm. this is how we saw the Mando at the beginning before yeah. he encountered Baby Yoda. Didn't love being a bounty hunter, but it was his job, and he knew a part of it is saying, yeah, you know, <laughs> cool, frightening stuff like that. Of like, And you can see him developing like, yeah. look, when they fight you, say in a really threatening way, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. And then they shut up and yeah. you don't have to fight them. You can see it as like a strategy. Yeah. And I see him thinking of it as that is a line. And it, it starts making you think about like, all right, right away. Mando is being hunted by other bounty hunters who are spewing his tough guy lines at him. And he is really questioning. Yeah. Do I want that to be my line anymore? Is that who yeah. I want to be? Which might be me uh, working overtime to counsel myself. But no, all this stuff works, and and totally, you know, you know the jetpack. I got to get me one of those lines. Like he's got, he's it, it, he. It's not a, a surprise for me to think that he'll say some funny quip to himself. You yeah, know? like so. Yeah, but I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I take it or leave it. But yeah, 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 yeah. All mm-hmm. right, let's get into favorite things then, because I think there's things that we both liked about oh, the yeah. episode as oh, well. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff that I, I love in this episode. Uh, for myself, I, I really like seeing the pit droids in general, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in an episode that was, you know, revisiting kind of the, the epicenter of Star Wars mm-hmm. in the Outer Rim uh, of, of classic A New Hope stuff. Yeah. Seeing prequel stuff as well really just makes it feel like we're living in this blended galaxy. Yes. And it's an example of beat of humor that worked amazing for me to see the pit droids who are kind of associated with wacky comedy, yeah. kind of pop up and start making their pit droid noises and then immediately be shot at and collapsed. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> great comedy to me to, to on purpose, use yeah. the contrast of Star Wars can be wacky and Star Wars can be deadly and smash them together for a nice joke, a nice yeah. entrance from the Mando. Love that. Big win with the pit droids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think m- my very, very favorite thing, if you want to get into this now, is the Tusken Raiders. I do. Yeah, that is my I was going to say, because it's 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 also a canon effect in Revelation. But yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, 
big, uh, uh, big, big, big win for me. Yeah. I love that they used the same tactic that they used on Luke in A New Hope. So mm-hmm. it makes you realize, well, that's what they do when they see people coming. <laughs> they park a couple Banthas and get them to stare at those yeah. and then sneak up around the other side. Yeah. So you see that's like, that's not a one-off. Yeah. That's how they conduct themselves. They do it. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I think Mando treating them with respect. Right. Tells us a ton about the Mandalorian. I feel like throughout this episode, he does have some wobbly moments, mm. but he's got a bunch of ideas of like right away of like, here's how we handle this. Here's how we handle this. It's not ideal, but this is what we got. Yeah. I'm trying to do things in the honorable way. You can't get her alone. I will help you with that. I just want the money. You can take her, whatever. Uh, mm. Keeps trying to be honorable. Yeah. Right? He could just pull his blaster on the mechanic and say, fix it. And he could leave, but that's not who he is. Right. And I'm going to negotiate with them. Tells us a ton about the Mandalorian's character. But of course, more importantly, the Tusken Raiders have always been coded as mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. literal savages, the word being savages yeah. being used mm-hmm. in Star Wars mm-hmm. as, you know, in conflict with these pioneers. Right. There's a real Old West vibe. I think, you know, Luke has pulled from lots of early 20th century storytelling and took some of the baggage with it. Yeah. Right. And, Mm-hmm. Just to see the classic, their point of view from Star Wars, it, Attack of the Clones is so brutal yeah. that they take Shmi and torture her, and we are not given, at least in the film, mm-hmm. any context. Right. It's just that they're savages, yeah. and Anakin slaughtered them like savages. So to get their point of view, mm-hmm. that this is our land, we're the locals, yeah. and you're threatening us. It doesn't make it right, but you understand, like, well, why would they grab one of the local farmers? Yeah. Is it a way for them to say, stay away from us? Yeah. you're From our perspective, you are encroaching on us and slaughtering us, so we are going to take one of yours to say, back off. Yeah. It, again, I'm not saying the Tuscans were right, to, <laughs> yes. to, but all of that, giving it that they have a perspective, too, and that if you reached out not with violence... Mm-hmm. But with empathy, there wouldn't be a, as much of a problem, potentially. Yeah. It's just, it, it's so great to round out everything that George does yeah. love about Star Wars, yeah. about a certain point of view, about sociology. And is it was just amazing. I, I, I call it like this this really, really clear reframing of the Tusken Raiders. And yeah. I, uh, you know, remember these are, we grew up calling them sand people more than Tusken Raiders. Yes. And, and, and I, I, and it's, and it's corrected and not correct, but it's, it's reframing inside the story too. Yes. It's not just outside. There's a lot of outside reasons to be like, Hey, this has come, this comes off a little weird or different. And, but I think in the story, uh, to finally see this other point of view, the Mando's calm, cool, and collected. Yep. He's never, no, oh, they're here. Just kind of like, well, they're going to walk up. In Which fact, I'll- it's an, yet another of his great snark lines. Yeah. Like, you know, why don't you tell him yourself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, the fact, and he probably saw them walking up, uh, yeah, by sure the way. he did. Um, love that. It also says a lot about what, the, uh, something we'll come back to of time spent on Moss Eisley or Tatooine. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and then just to the, the, the sign language, which I, I just read today, it was an actual uh, deaf performer that was the Tuscan Raider. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so just, just again, this big reframing of what we think growing up, of what we, you know, oh, those are the bad guys. They tried to kill Luke and they did bad things to 3PO. 
And again, not this, you know, it's like watching Ken Burns documentary in the West. <laughs> There's a couple that you're like, well, that was wrong of, oh, I saw the rest of the episode. We, we did some things. <laughs> you yes, know, like, yes. and, and I think it's a great, wonderful, real world conversation to pull into Star Wars. And it just, it works so well for me. Just, you got right away, well, they kind of think this is their land. And you're, yeah. and you're like, if you've paid enough attention to Star Wars, you're like, oh yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. And uh, and maybe it's the first time you've thought about that. I I rank this up here with the uh, Phantom Menace novel of Anakin saving an injured one as yes. the best Tuscan Raider moments. And there's right. also I love them shooting in the pod race. I love a lot about just yeah, the great. general feel of it. Um, um, but I even like and, and from a certain point of view, kind of the reference of of the attack of the clones uh, slaughtering where they're going, we don't go over that anymore. Some weird space wizard where the sword came by and killed a bunch of people. Yeah, we know he came from that yeah. place. So yeah, so that's part of the reason that they are aggressive toward that yeah. area of, of town. Yeah. Right? Um, so it just was, it was really interesting to me and, and talking about canon revelation, just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a deep, I don't want to say fun, but you know what I mean? Deep, like, oh, this is this is good. This is this is interesting. Yeah. I liked it. I just liked it being presented. Yeah, yeah. It, just everything, the way it was executed with them just uh, showing up, right? Yeah. Uh, popping up uh, yeah. in surprising Toro was great. And mm-hmm. then the actual, I thought the actual sign language, that's great that's to right. know. But just it felt Star Wars-y. And yeah. in, in those great, that great tip of the iceberg storytelling uh, of, well, yeah, how... How long has Mando spent in these parts that yeah. he knows this? But then also, what is this, else does this imply about Mando mm. that he understands their perspective? Yeah. Because how has he grown up mm-hmm. in, a, in a small group of people trying to survive who are also probably mm-hmm. haunted and uh, yeah. misunderstood? Yeah. Uh, so that he has like a, well, think about it, like some affinity yeah. for their perspective. Yeah. Yeah, they want, I, I, here's, I almost, the only thing I'll say is I wish there was a little more sand on the Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> you know, outfits were a little clean for me. But uh, no, I, but I, 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 the the second time I went like, all right, I got to rewatch this episode, you know, for work type of thing. I was like, ah, but I, I can't wait for that sequence. Yeah. So that's how, that's how good it was for me. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it goes to a thing that a lot of people have been discussing on online, which I really enjoy and we'll talk about more, that I don't feel like this was a nostalgia trip. The only reason to be in Mos Eisley was to show us everything has changed. Thank you. Uh, and I wouldn't expect you to think any other way. Uh, <laughs> this is why we, we've worked so long and, and well together. Uh, I, I enjoyed every shot that was a, a wonderful homage. Yeah. But also... Yeah, that was going to be my favorite small thing was, first of all, when 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 he's walking, you know, when I, when you kind of figure, he, he, oh, he might be going to the cantina. And then yeah. you see the little shot as with Grace. And it's just like, oh, uh-huh. oh, she's like, what is And I just was like, woo hair. <laughs> and then no. And then to see woo hair is replaced by a droid, by the way. They, yeah. we, don't, we don't serve their yeah. kind. And now they run. But no also droid detector unit. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that. Woo hair, uh, being afraid of droid, having problems with droids, like all of that. I. I I, I get why it's easy to be. If someone might say, eh, "I was just throwing nostalgia goggles on," I really think we we got a great five years after the fall picture, and I was yes. excited about that. Yeah, it tied into the actual yeah. narrative of what was happening and in, yeah. in all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Another favorite thing for me was, uh, and we've both mentioned it already, the Mando snark. I think mm. I think maybe this is one of the reasons that Toro didn't bother me because mm. he was such a symbol of what the Mando doesn't respect and doesn't want to be and yeah. how often all the great Mando snark of the... Um, Hey, those were brand new about the the binox. Yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> I don't have best car. Nope. Nope. Uh, and my favorite is after uh, they capture Fennec Shand. Yeah. And he says, "Why don't you go pick up your blaster?" Which just totally has this implicit, "You child, you lost your blaster." <laughs> I will say this: in this episode, the Mandalorian definitely represented me <laughs> in dealing with Toro. <laughs> Why don't you go pick up your Zoom recorder? Yeah. You dropped, you I, young podcaster. I felt seen by Mandalorian <laughs> in this episode. Did you have any other uh, favorite big things or small things? Uh, I, I definitely like the uh, big thing. Uh, I guess we'll put it here of of, of uh, Pelly really just kind of like not even questioning, just like if you're going to be a father, you got to learn some things. Yeah, because she saw it as what it was. Yeah, it wasn't okay. like he's holding this thing captive. It was just like, oh, this is. Your kid, and it goes to this conversation that, that Ace has been having. He's like, pretty sure uh, o- was Omira Julia Jones last week. Probably thinks Mandalorian is a Yoda species. <laughs> like, it, no one's going to be quite. That's your kid. Oh, you must have ears under that helmet. Or found family is just <laughs> so accepted. Or accepted, yeah. Yeah, in a galaxy um, destroyed by wars for generations. <laughs> so I, I just, that was, uh, it was a big and small moment for me. Yeah, that's a good one. I loved, uh, I loved Baby Yoda's entrance, man. The, the just the waddling down the ramp, like, what's up? Yeah. What's everybody doing? There oh, was, you playing the licensed Han Solo card game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, There's a lot less Baby Yoda. Last week was like peak yeah. Baby Yoda. Uh, but yeah, everything about it is great. Yeah, absolutely great. Well, let's move on. I think uh, some of the things that we both probably liked fit under our uh, canon effects and revelations tab. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the droids all up in the cantina. You touched yeah. on it, but... Yeah, I was uh, affected. I, I hooped and hollered as uh, soon as most Eisley was mentioned because I was oh, hoping yeah. mm-hmm. that would, they'd go to Tatooine. Uh, and then even like the junk outside the cantina being the same. I was mm-hmm. like, ooh. And as soon as that droid detection unit wasn't there, I was all in. Yeah. So did you did you take it that that was straight up EV-99 out of a job? Or did you just take it as that was... A droid. I took it as a droid. That's a great question. I mean, immediately it was kind of like EV ninety nine, but uh, I, that's interesting. I, I yeah, I didn't really take it like that, but I, I now want to, <laughs> want that to be the case. Yeah. No, I did. I just yeah. 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 In, did you take in? Obviously, big change. Ruher, the bartender, famously mm-hmm. disliked droids. Uh, droid detection unit. The great story in from a certain point of view book mm-hmm. where he is like Mando, traumatized by droids yeah. from the Clone Wars. And the violence uh, mm-hmm. that the droids laid out on the galaxy. But the cantina is also pretty much empty. Pretty much empty. And there's no business to be had here because the New Republic has crushed mm-hmm. the crime syndicates. Yeah. So all of that is this picture of change. Did you take it as uh, change change for for the good or just sort of... I think I was affected by that reality of, of mm. course, it's a good thing to stop crime syndicates. Yeah. They steal and kill. Yeah. <laughs> good job, New Republic. Yeah. But we have no, we knew from previous Star Wars that Mos Eisley and Mos Espa functioned on yeah. betting on the races, on this is a place for uh, scum and villainy to hide. Yeah. So there's no economy here. Yeah. There's nothing here. Yeah. 
Uh, I love that because it's it's very realistically complicated. Uh, I'll so pull this is a real as you're talking. I'm thinking this uh, real close friend of my past um, from a small small town in Idaho, and so you know Monsanto not a very uh, popular among people for a lot yeah. of their kind of work. <laughs> um, one time she uh, we, we watched a news report or something, and she's kind of whispered under her breath like that. That's literally that what keeps my town my hometown going. And yeah, we I don't really have a hometown anymore because it's going away. And so just again, but she's not she realizes why. Yeah. But like that. So what you just said is very, very because the streets are empty. Everything's that Moss Isley is just it's just it's just it's not what it was. Yeah. And that's OK, because the New Republic. And by the way, you know, the new, we've we've had some shots at the New Republic. You know, it's yeah. a joke. It's everything. We know five years in, they're probably still struggling to get uh, to get firm ground. But uh uh, maybe number one. I also think we're gonna maybe get some. Could we get a comic or something about them suppressing the crime syndicates? And yeah. could there be something cool with that? Oh um, yeah. I just I don't know. I just really like it because there's no really right answer. But what you just said, this is good, but this could be leads might lead to some problems. But maybe you have to adapt and adjust. Maybe if you were friends with the Tuscan Raiders, you all could work <laughs> this out. Um, yeah. I, and I just like that, and I, I, I like it not being clear. Yeah, Clear yeah, that answer. Good yeah, and, and it ties so much even not just to the New Republic, but, you know, Leia and our friends putting Jabba himself specifically out of business, right? Hut slaying. Yeah, some good old hut slaying sometimes mm. means there's droids all up in your cantina. <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about the New Republic crackdown on the, the crime syndicates. We also uh, just kind of casually found out the name of the planet that the Guild is operating on that we have been spending a lot of time on, yeah. Navarro. I uh, didn't catch it the first time she says it. I thought she was like, like Hector Navarro's in the show? <laughs> I like, think I, a lot of yeah. us in the uh, <laughs> like, pop culture talking realm are like, huh? you mean the Navarro system? Navarro's not a system. He's a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. I, 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 it, the, the style of the last two episodes uh, uh, has definitely changed the, the um, you know, the, the, how we, Mando's not in every scene. Mm-hmm. Still mostly is. So to me, it was great, though, to, to learn that as, well, he didn't learn it, but as we, he hears it, you know, I, I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I did a pause because I thought, like, ooh, are we learning, is that a, a, mm. a moon of, you know, that was controlled by the Mandalorians that I don't remember yeah. or we haven't heard about? And it took me a second to realize, oh, she's talking about okay. the incident that we have all seen. Fennec Shand uh, herself, we should probably talk about a little yeah. bit as a character, but also uh, Shand is the last name of one of the Kanji Club members. Mm-hmm. Crooken Shand, um, I believe from the databank. Uh, do you think that she is going to tie into the Kanji Club? Or is it just like a connection we can make if we want kind of thing? I think I think um, I think it I think it might be one of those connections. If we see it, we earned it and we got it. But the leads to my other point of I really liked uh, the character. I liked the design, the look, the feel. Uh, Ming Na Wen uh, got gets your fight everything, and I, I just was like, even if she's dead, even if she's dead, I'm like yeah. I'd love some material with her that could maybe answer that question, yeah, past or or future. Um, I thought she was. I just thought she was a really good character. It was fun. So yeah. it inspired that kind of headcanon stuff of what well, we get that answer. I want that answer. Yeah. I wonder if she isn't going to portray, because I think she kind of did in this episode, mm. a hunter, a bounty hunter who is content with that life in a way that the Mando maybe never was and certainly mm. isn't now because, you know, her name is ringing out. Uh, Mando is very well aware of her. She has a ton of skills. It is known. But she also is capable of, you know, manipulating. And if, uh, uh, Toro and is, if she, what she is saying, she truly believes, mm-hmm. which it's a little early to tell. 
Yeah. Is that her actual philosophy of like, this is how you're a good bounty hunter. You do whatever is best for you and, and your job. Mm. And if it changes, if you get a new target, if you have to do something underhanded, whatever is best for you is how this job works. Mm. And that makes her a really interesting character to me. Yeah, totally. Um, we'll come back to a little, I think a little bit whether or not she's dead or not. Yeah. Um, this is a thing that distracted me in the episode and okay. it's normally not a thing that I get, I try not to get pedantic, Okay, but I got distracted by where was the pulse rifle. Yeah, that came up a lot. It came up in our Force Center Discord. I was checking in. Okay. Our good friend Brian Ward brought it up, and he was like, hey, I'm normally not this guy, <laughs> but hey. And yeah, it was hard to it was hard to counsel myself on that. Yeah, I had let it go. It huge. And then the you? credits started with all those that awesome concept art, and yeah, you yeah. see him on the do-back with the pulse rifle. Yeah. And it does just make you go, because it feels, I, one of the things I liked about the episode is Mando was working hard to come up mm. with clever solutions. Yeah. And it certainly feels like his pulse rifle could have helped out. Yeah, and look, I get like you know that we've set we've set that weapon up as pretty powerful. People have commented on how awesome yeah. it is in show. In show, it's also very uh, a piece of uh, good resources because uh, uh, you you can use the scope for a lot of different yep. ways. Like you can listen with it. It's got yeah. you can put different cartridges into it yeah. that have different effects. So yeah, I, it's one of those things that. Um, you know, I, I doesn't bother me a lot of. I'm not one of those like why didn't type of people. Yeah. I don't think you are either. Uh, we as a brand really aren't. But yeah, you know, I had that question a few times. Yeah. I can just be like, yeah, it, it jammed, or he needs it to jammed. clean it up. But I did. I, this is how invested I and distracted yeah. I got by it. After I finished watching the episode, I went back and watched the end of chapter four. Like, did he, did leave, he leave it? it? Oh, yeah, uh, on mm. Sorgon, uh, or or was yeah. there a shot of him putting it to the side at the beginning of this episode? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my only kind of counseling for myself right now is maybe he thought that is making him stand out, mm. or it's broken, or does he does he not want to kill Fennec Shand? Uh, you know, does he knew that would have ended it? I don't know. Yeah, that can yeah, go down a lot yeah. of different paths too. Uh, I think I think now is a good time to get into the. I think the big question this episode for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Is Fennec Shan dead, and who is the figure? Do you want to All dive right. in? We're doing it here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> you, you just, yeah. I am all in on it, and, and I love a good I love a good conspiracy theory. I love a good wild speculation. It It, it is fun, um, and a lot of times I think it's fun in a like silly way. Like, hey, I'm probably wrong, and I keep making this this joke, but I, I use it to, you know, there's a good chance, good chance it's Moff Gideon. Yep. Good chance. I keep saying it's Laser Burr Mc, uh, Laser Bill McBurwalker. Okay. And it's some direct connection to next week. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't think it's grief. Cargo. Oh, Bill Burr. Okay. Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Blaster Shoulders. Blaster Shoulders. I don't think it's grief. Carga, but uh, you know he's he's alive. We know, right? So yeah, could be looking for Mando. But I'm come on the Spurs. It's really hard to ignore the Spur sound. Yeah, the Spur is uh is solid. So. The suspects that I have seen on the internet. <laughs> uh, people sent us some shot by shot uh, circles and diagrams and yeah. arrows saying that is absolutely the Mandalorian. It's just the Mando coming back for her. Which So I think that is a possibility. Certainly a possibility that's just a cool entrance for Moff Gideon. Because it would tie her, can, them to the can, lar- larger story. Can we pause there? Yeah, let's pause there. I never, I never thought for a second it was a Mandalorian. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, that might be the answer. <laughs> it, it might be. 
<laughs> so, I never know, thought about that because I was just so like, it's got to be Boba Fett. Well, <laughs> of course you were because the whole show was basically a tease <laughs> for Boba Fett, right? Like, yeah. like how close are they getting to the, you know, the carcass of the Sarlacc and all that. So it, it, it absolutely, yeah. by going out in that direction, by setting up, who was she meeting? In she had a rendezvous in Mosespa, and I don't think she meant a date. I think she was meeting somebody. So is that Moff Gideon? Is that Boba Fett? Of course, just to contain the screams of our listeners, we know that Cobb Vanth is in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Even, uh, even Chuck Wendig has been like, I'd love it. Probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> it, just for anybody who isn't caught up real quick, Cobb Vanth is one of the yeah. side stories mm-hmm. of the Aftermath trilogy. And it's not even said explicitly. It is implied to readers that it is Boba Fett's armor rescued from the Sarlacc. He takes it because he wants to be a Western-style marshal and bring order back to Tatooine. Yeah. So just that, like, sure, okay, a marshal riding around trying to keep the peace, wearing Boba Fett's armor, all makes sense. Until we take this real world step back and go a sub, sub, sub story of the sprawling Aftermath trilogy (laughs) is going to be the main plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have to explain to an entire audience of, yep, it looks like Boba Fett. I know you still don't even really truly understand Boba Fett himself (laughs) as a character, but don't worry. It's not Boba Fett. It's a guy you've never met who's in (laughs) in a novel, like a total of about what? 15 pages, maybe yeah, 20 pages, whatever of a book. Yeah. So, Got Cobb yeah. Vanth. I've also seen Cad Bane being thrown around Cad because Bane. of the spur noise. Yeah, Cad Bane. Yeah, so I think those are our, all of our, our possibilities. Yeah. But let's dive into... Oh. So let's dive into Mando coming back, and then yeah. let's talk more about Boba Fett. Yeah, I well, think those are the compelling ones Yeah, because, well, because we all... On, on, on moments moments in Force Center, when, when we are more calm, cool, and collected about theories, you and I always say, but hey, what are the emotional themes that would make your theory work, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm saying that back to myself. <laughs> because I'm just like, it's Boba Fett. Why? Because Boba Fett. <laughs> because they went near where we last were aware of Boba Fett being. Yeah. That's what's, why. What's the emotional theme? Boba Fett. <laughs> so, yes, let's talk. Okay. Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian himself coming back, mm-hmm. to me, would be interesting because it could be him going i think she's too smart for that i don't Mm. think she's dead right and out of honor Mm. maybe she's alive and even if not i'm not gonna let her just sit there Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna bury her take her somewhere whatever past relationship they may or may not have okay i I get they don't have a deep relationship but he was certainly aware of her yeah um my wild out there theory which i don't think is actually true is that there was some sort of understanding between them Mm-hmm. Because I thought it was a, I wasn't sure quite why he went to get the do back, right? And seemed to put a lot of trust that that situation would work itself out. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it did. It did, but yeah. But you know, I wonder if there was yeah. a little like, uh, hey, I captured her, which was the deal with the kid. Right. She'll get out of it some way, and then I'll demand my money from the kid. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true because I think it's a little outside of the ballpark of the kind of storytelling mm-hmm. they have been doing. Right. Um. So I think it's more likely yeah. that he is, if it is the Mando, he is just coming back mm. to check on her. Yeah, and or there's bury her. Yeah, bury her honor honor. Um. The the idea of now he's not there. He's not there when she talks about that rendezvous. Right. It's just Toro. I'm trying to remember, it's just Toro, it's just yeah, because she's, like, she's I saying still make I can it. still make my rendezvous in Mos Espa, which yeah. I love also that they pulled Mos Espa. In. Absolutely, um, I was like, if he if he has a clue or any anything of that, maybe maybe he is also 
curious as to why, but he might have to assume she's dead or he's going to go confirm that. Yeah. Um, and that has something, you know, what's the, what's to gain out of that? Again, it's more plot pointy than emotional themes here, but, um, yeah. So his honor, but also let me figure this out. His honor and maybe a lead. Cause he still lead. hasn't really made a decision on mm-hmm. what his big picture plan is that we, the yeah. audience have been let in on. Yeah. Uh, if he has one, mm-hmm. um, also just not, in the in the reality of the story, but I'm 99% sure I read an interview with Ming Na Wen. I think that one with Bresnikin mm-hmm. that talked about her being in two episodes. And yeah. I just I think so. I think the character is going to be back. I also think the character is more than capable of of baiting mm-hmm. bargain basement Han Solo mm-hmm. into shooting her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That why she stays there for as long as she does. Right. Playing dead. Playing I dead. don't know. Or maybe she is or, wounded, but she's yeah. like, she's wearing some sort of armor that like, this will knock me out, but I'll live. Uh, yeah. I ain't feeling great, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as him coming back, I'm just, I, I just funny. That's I, so I dead hadn't even entertained that thought. Well, it's brain. not constructed that way. It's constructed yeah. that well, the ship takes off and it goes even screen direction wise. I believe it goes to the right. other, you know, anyway, uh, mm. but Boba Fett, mm. I don't, th- I don't look, uh, this is, and I say this with love. We are a community that grasps at straws. Mm-hmm. It's Snoke could be the stormtrooper who hit his head. Cause maybe that's where he got the scar. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, true. but we're, we're going back to where we last saw Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. It's also like, this isn't just like, uh, Boba Fett showing up in the Cassian Andor series. Mm-hmm. Sure, he could, canonically, yeah. but this is The Mandalorian. It's yeah. dealing with what it means to be a Mandalorian. There's this huge hanging question of what does it mean for Boba Fett to yeah. be or not be a Mandalorian in his own mind, in that actual history. And this is the kind of stuff that Filoni has, you know, loved filling out in right. the Clone Wars Rebels. And he, yeah, and 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 Boba Fett was handled really well in Clone Wars, right? Yeah, some good stuff. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, um, the 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 uh, there. What? Oh, the line. There's the other clue for me is that line that Mandalorian says, uh, "She's no good to us dead." Uh, oh, completely just saying a Boba Fett line. Which yes. So I was like, Ahaha, first I went, Haha, and at the end of the episode, I went, "Wait a minute." Has he spent time with Boba Fett? Has he trained under him? At some point, is that some catchphrase that Boba Fett says? <laughs> yeah, Boba Fett pops up and says, that's my line. Yeah, or did he hang around at one point after Empire Jedi and crawl out of the Starlight Pit, have, hang out with Mandalorian and go, and then I said, he's no good to us dead. Like, I, with with Filoni at the helm here yeah. for this particular episode, that suddenly became less of a throwaway line. Now, that might be because I got my tinfoil hat on and I'm just <laughs> looking for everything but that was that's where I went back first. Even if even if the Spurs, I'll say this: I, I I'm aware of the Spurs, but I I didn't grow up oh thinking Boba Fett had Spurs. You know that's yeah. not my mind doesn't go there first, and then start seeing it. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. He does. My mind went back to she's no good to me dead. She's no okay. good to us dead. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that is it. Just a Boba Fett call out, or you know, is that a certain amount of honor? Yeah, you know, or just hey. A job is going to pay more for Han alive. Yeah. Or was Boba Fett having some amount of Mandalorian mm-hmm. honor mm-hmm. in his bounty hunting? Right. Um, who knows? Who knows? But I, in terms of your question of what would it matter to the story or to the right. themes that was Boba Fett is, th- I think, the biggest 
connecting thread through all these chapters so far is a question of who is the Mandalorian? Who is mm-hmm. he as a human? And what does that have to do with the idea of being a Mandalorian? Yeah. Is the armor strength or is he hiding his humanity behind it? And using Boba Fett as a mirror yeah. to those things and using Boba Fett to help define different ideas of what it means to be a Mandalorian makes perfect sense. There's a, there's a lot of area to play with in terms of themes because we joked in the past and I think it's pretty true. It is like Favreau wanted to make a Boba Fett series and was denied that. Um, part of it would be like, you know, well, Hey, Boba Fett isn't Mandalorian, this and that, and, and Filoni's on board, you know, king of the modern canon Mandalorian stories. And, yeah. um, and I would, at some point you would think like, wouldn't it be fun to play with that? Yeah. Play with this thing of, you know, Django and Boba Fett aren't, question mark. Yeah. Uh, could we figure that out? And also, by the way, Mandalorian isn't what we thought of as a, quote, pure Mandalorian. He's yeah. a foundling. And it's like, so introduce that. And it's like, suddenly it's very interesting. It's, it is, like you just said, this weird mirror. Yeah. He isn't, but he's certainly living up the ideals. And that's why he's considered one. Whereas Boba Fett, like the, his father before him. Yeah. Just, Yep, I'm stolen valor. I ain't, I ain't what you are. So yeah, it, 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 it uh, some kind of, and it's not only uh, verses, but some kind of having the, those two characters right in these themes is, does make more sense than yeah. you think. And there is also just even if it is not Boba Fett, if it is Cobb Vanth or mm-hmm. Cad Bane or a cool introduction from Off Gideon or it's mm-hmm. the Mando coming back, there is no way. Dave Filoni constructed this episode. Mm-hmm. Dave Filoni of the I'm going to change my shirts midway through a convention <laughs> to get people talking. There's no way he does not know the entire hardcore Star Wars fan base is going Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba mm-hmm. Fett. Where? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no way he doesn't he's know what he's He's probably doing. walking around his house with a shirt on going, <laughs> is that Boba Fett? Is yeah. that Boba Fett? Yeah. Uh, all right. We move on to uh, themes. We've already kind of touched on a, on a lot of the themes, but I want to take a moment. Yeah. How effective for you was the idea of being a legend? Because that gets thrown around a lot. It seems like Shannick, or Fennec Shand is a legend Yeah. in this world, and the Mando uh, accords her that respect. Yeah. Being a Mandalorian at all is kind of legendary right. this particular mando is building a legend of he's becoming yeah, oh man yeah. he not he was a badass and then he shot up the whole guild and ran away with a mm-hmm. child he's becoming infamous yeah um and then that idea that that is entirely entirely how fennec shand manipulates mm-hmm. the kid and the kid could just be smart and go i don't care about being a legend right. i want to get paid and i want to get in the league i'm gonna uh, or the guild i'm gonna be practical but he is just totally manipulated by the, by this idea of his name ringing out. Yeah, big, big, a big theme that I love. And, and immediately, I I love that in the remember in the trailer we saw Fennec Shand say that line, and yeah. we all were like, "Oh, she's talking to Mandalorian." Yeah, I love that. I was like, "Oh, nope, that, that wasn't her." Your name will be legendary, and Toro Calican. <laughs> and I I do love that she. That's how she gets him, and and much like a lot of. These uh, myths will teach you your, your obsessions with uh, uh, things can destroy you. Uh, thrones and crowns and capes will destroy you. Uh, and then I, Mandalorian doesn't, I don't think he wants to be legendary. So that clear play off that. Yeah. Like you just said, he's kind of like, oh, boy, you know, I Let's did say, that yeah. thing. It's a great conversation with. Know that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great conversation, I think, with The Last Jedi where. Mm-hmm. 
I think Luke understood the dangers of being a myth or a legend. Yeah. And so he was resisting it, and he was shown sort of like, hey, people need the inspiration yeah. of a legend and the hope of a legend. And then this is like, hey, if that's all you want, that's where it's kind of crappy and it would just yeah. lead you to uh, get non-ceremoniously shot. <laughs> Especially because we just saw the Mandalorian get offered this very unlegendary lifestyle. Yeah. Stick, stick around the village, do some fishing for some blue fish, and raise your kid. Yeah. And... He left, not because I felt he wanted to go pursue glory, but he just felt that that very unlegendary life wasn't his. And so will he come back to that in any way? Yeah. Does he not want the name that he has now, you know, with, with her saying Navarro and everything? So, um, and I think so. That, I think that that will play going forward. Yeah. I also thought there was just like a theme of being displaced. Like the man who was trying to just kind of fall back into his old ways because he had to. But there are no jobs available because right. the scum of hive and villainy, the hive of... You know what I'm saying. The bis- uh, <laughs> business is done. Yeah, yeah. The wretched hive of scum and villainy is not not hopping. No. Uh, and even Fennec Shand feeling like, okay, well, she used to be this kick-ass hunter, but she doesn't have anyone to work for, she so work. she was rendezvousing with somebody in Mos Espa for something. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just holed up in the hills shooting at whoever comes yeah. by, comes near her. Yeah, um, being pursued, yeah. Give this, this whole seal- feeling of being displaced yeah of not knowing who you are where you stand normal routines or even the bad ones are Mm -hmm. gone done yeah vanish taken away yeah yeah and speaking of taking things we are gonna take a break and then we will be back to look at some of the other moments from chapter five of the mandalorian When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. 
I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we have returned to finish our conversation about Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian. We are at the part where we normally chat about directorial choices and moments. Mm. Now, you were a little uh, conflicted. Were there parts that... um, that spoke to you either in, oh, I really like that, or the parts that you felt like, eh, this this is what I'm not sure about in terms of directing, directing choices. choices. There's just the way some of the the, the the shots were set up. There's one shot with, with I thought Toro was, it wasn't like it was out of, his eye, eye line was wrong or anything kind of basic kind of stuff, but just the way some of the stuff was framed. And again, you have a director of, of photography working with you, but uh, Tor was looking up really odd to me. And again, it, all that's the, you know, character is supposed to look up. And it, nah, just some of it looked really awkward to me. Some of the, some of those kind of things. But I, I'll choose to focus on what I loved here. I really liked the speeder bike flash sequence. Yeah. I thought that was really fun. Much like Bryce Dallas Howard giving us this dinosaur chase. Um, that one was really fun. I like, yeah. I like the subtle, them kind of going in front of each other, macho, mano y mano. I'm yeah. You. But then just her. Um, her skills on display, but then Mando's skills on display of how to get around it. I thought that was a fun sequence. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the the directing choice that uh, stood out the most was I loved the speeder bike travel. Uh, yeah. The the chase with the flash was great, right. but it was a moment of seeing the speeder bikes in a different way. I liked how they made the jumps off the dunes. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. interacted with the environment in a different way and just in terms of like giving you a sense of going back to that episode of the week of like, well, why wouldn't you want to see a Star Wars character do yeah. fun things? It's just like visually and aesthetically yeah. pleasing to watch these speeder bikes that we've seen in different environments yeah. do cool leaps off sand dunes yeah. Yeah. because that's the, that's the way they travel. Yeah. I also like some of the landscape shots that really mm-hmm. evoked um, a lot of the kind of great cinematography we've seen on Tatooine before. Mm-hmm. So like when some time had passed and there was this nice long flat landscape shot of Toro kind of reclining on the speeder yeah. in Fennec as the suns were coming up. Yeah, that was I some great the, stuff. I like that yeah. shot a lot. Uh, I also like the shot of Fennec lowering her her helmet a little bit. Mm-hmm. It really reminded me of when Lando pulls his Mask oh, down yeah. just a little bit in uh, Return of the Jedi. That's right. Because it has, obviously by then we know the character Lando, but this had a little bit of like, mm-hmm. hey, we've been waiting for this 
actor and to see who this character really is. And mm. it had a little bit of that sort of like yeah. celebration of the the surprise of it's this character. Here we go. Yeah. Um, let's talk about action figure moments. Were there any moments that felt like they were inspired by action figures? Uh, I... I mean, the fight sequence is okay. Like, Ming-Na one was great. Like, was, I don't think criticism of the fight sequence, but uh, that, that was, it was okay for me. You know, um, I think her, her sniping was great. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to think specifically. Um, <laughs> funny enough, it might have been playing a licensed Han Solo card game with the Pitroids <laughs> because that would be something I'm more apt to do with my figures as a yes. kid. I have a lot of downtime of Destro and Baroness just talking about their relationship as a kid. Um, and so that one was, I actually, like, if you were to shoot, if, if our good friend Brian Ward was to do a, a, one of his uh, figure videos or paintings, it would be Pitroids <laughs> playing cards. Yeah. And I'll take that over the action in this one. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and I suppose it's a good good way to talk about a little bit of that half of the episode we haven't talked about as much is uh, what's going on in the old, uh, mm. not docking bay, but Hangar 35, yeah, 35 was yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I liked that she seemed to have a sort of familial uh, relationship with the Pitroids. Yes. That it oh, yeah. wasn't just ownership, that they were kind of her little brood, uh, her family. And I liked that, uh, of course, they don't have money, so they're playing for like three gears. <laughs> three gears. <laughs> and a great yeah. way to set them up all just to see the, yeah. the big Baby Yoda entrance. But really connecting, like, there's a reason that she has some opinions on yeah. on uh, how, to, how to rear a kid <laughs> because a kid. she's raising three pit droids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Mando with speeder bike, I just like, that's yeah. probably going to be an action figure, right? I mean, it should, right? It really, really he, should. Was he be. on the, what, was that the one from Shadows of, the, of Empire, of the, uh, Shadow of the Empire series? I think so, yeah. And the other one's more from, from Rebels, right? Uh, that era, it looked like to me. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta get that. Swoop yeah. bike, yeah, whatever speeder that bike, is. Swoop, yeah. yeah, they called it a speeder bike, but it looked, it looked swoopy. It swoopy. looked like a, uh, yeah. a swoop bike. I apologize for not knowing all the legends terms. <laughs> um, you know, since we're we're still close to directorial choices and talking about mm-hmm. the speeder bikes, I did want to ask about one thing. Mm-hmm. The the shots where Mando takes a shot on his Beskar. Mm-hmm. Like the first couple, it seems like, oh, well, she pinged him, you mm-hmm. know, and he's running. There's that last shot once she has destroyed the speeder bike mm-hmm. and he is just standing there. Yeah. And she hits him in the chest. How did you interpret that choice? Did you... Interpret it as the Mando was allowing himself to be a target so Toro could get around, or was it just he was just standing up and the shot was kind of awkward and she got the directing shot was kind of awkward, so she got a space laser shot. I think on I'm, gonna, him. I'm gonna say it was a director, an awkward choice, real world directing choice that is easy to go what you just said because it, it made me pause too. Like he. He knows what's coming, right? He just been whacked three times, two times, rolling in the sand, getting hit by this thing. So yeah, I, I think it, it it was awkward, but I I'll take it as a as a distraction because he also then kind of goes up the other side. Yeah, says, hey, nice distraction. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll take it as that. Yeah. Would, would you 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 you're in the same boat? I I think the shot definitely stood out to me. Yeah. So there's a part of me who's like, I like to interpret it as like, yeah, eh, she's far away. I think my I think my armor can take it because that's adds to the legend of the armor and yeah. the storytelling about it. So I like the idea that he would stand up and go like, I can take that. Yeah. So there's a part of me that almost would be like, if that is the choice, let's make it clear. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would good. take making it clear. Uh, going back to action figure moments. Uh, I think now I do want a razor crest with, uh, expanding, uh, rocket fins. Yes. Cause now it's 
demonstrated something cool it can do. You need to yeah. fill up the back of that box with all the different <laughs> things that it's got the carbon freezing yep. chamber. You can steal the uh, panel off the side like the Jawas did. That would be a great set. <laughs> a great set. Um, and then the other, this is an inaction figure inspired moment. It's just something I want. I want Dubak with exclusive dead bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> just an action figure of the dead bounty yeah. hunter you can drag along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and I will also, again, uh, throw out there, I think its impact was a little bit uh, lost because we had already seen it in promotional stuff, but the classic shot of the stormtrooper on Dubak, yeah. but with Mando, was really cool. All those, all the exact... I mean, some of them are just exactly what we've seen in New Hope. Like, I just, I like, uh, take it exactly what it is. You, you are, you are paying homage to what came before and why we're all here, and that yeah. was part of the fun little thing. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna move on to best grizzled weirdo moment. Mm-hmm. How, what spoke to you uh, in terms of grizzled weirdos? I mean, a little bit of that Mandalorian open reactions, but I'll I'll, I'll go to uh, uh, Pelly uh, Amy Sedaris just get her initial hi. Hey, just <laughs> she's there. That's her job. She's some people have come, come and gone. The promised credits, they don't get it. She's stuck with these pitroids. She probably gets a drink. A Chalman's on the way home, and and <laughs> says this life. And also, by the way, I imagine she's been there through the events of New Hope. And oh yeah, who knows? Maybe remembers when some young kid won a pod race. Like she's she's been around for <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Um, and I just I just really I did in the end really like the char- character like the character all the way through. Um, but it is one of the situations where you're like, oh, I'm such a fan of that person, and you told that great story too. But just like, I, I in the '90s watched a lot of Strangers with Candy and yeah. Stephen Colbert and everyone on that sketch show. Uh, uh, well, not sketch show, just kind of a sketch like sitcom. Um, so I just liked everything about her, even though it, sometimes it played different than what Tora was doing. Everything, but that introduction was great to me. Just yeah, yeah, Did very you, grizzled. Yeah, I think she is the MVP grizzled weirdo outside yeah. of Mando's great snark lines. Uh, and and uh, we should say, I think probably because we have talked about it, that the representation of women has been uh, better in these last couple episodes, and there's been four or five. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, her casting was honestly one of the things that I really wanted to see because we mm. know that we've got some fighters, right? Yeah. We got Cara Dune, we, now we have Fennec Shand, and hopefully they'll, seems like they will both be back. But I wanted to see some of this, and they just, yeah. the, the side characters with flavor who are not fighters, mm. um, having that spread around, because we've been introduced to so many great grizzled weirdos yeah. uh, played by men in the first half of the season. Uh, so yeah. it was great to see Amy Sedaris getting to have some fun. Definitely. I kind of took it at the beginning that she, that the ship was messed up, but her, go-to thing is immediately uh upsell how damaged it is like that line of like oh i'm gonna have to rotate that really cracked me up because it just it was so ambiguous yeah it was like you're you're making that sound like it's a lot of work to rotate whatever it was you were looking at on the outside of the ship little car mechanic action go a carbon scoring (laughs) yeah i'm totally there with that yeah that was great um i think my favorite line strangely from her was um which we feed him, I don't know, something with bones in it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because uh, so far he's had bone broth, bone broth. And, and devoured an entire <laughs> frog with bones in it. So there's like, how do you know that you're spot on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's what this, that we, yeah. the audience, see the baby Yoda eat. Yeah. She clearly doesn't know the species because she says it, but she's enough to know. Like I've been, uh, I've seen a few of these come through, a few, few aliens come through. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I was, uh, I got a chance to talk with uh, Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained about this episode, and, and it came up 
with them about Mando. Uh, was it honorable that Mando just took the money off the dead body and paid her? Like, it was certainly honorable that she didn't mm-hmm. expect to get paid. And I think it was a nice little arc that once she... Like, yeah, she calls him a womp rat at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he, he's one of those. Womp rat. And then she realizes, no, he's a father with some mm-hmm. learning to do. Not as stupid as he looks, as she says mm-hmm. to him. And clearly has a better appraisal of who he is yeah. as a human. And for her, it seems like she's going to be like, fine, I repaired your ship for nothing. I'm sure you didn't get paid. Yeah. It doesn't have any energy like, I'm going to put, you know, a clamp on your ship. It's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, so be it. She's going to do it, yeah. You're a good guy with a kid trying to get by in the galaxy, fine. And it's mm-hmm. a pleasant surprise that she gets paid. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. It was effective. And, and it shows him, just another example, of his his approach, his point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And but Tor don't deserve that money. Do you, yeah. Do you think it was honorable for him to yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. No, he doesn't even keep any for himself. Yeah. No, he doesn't. And yeah. I, I, my argument was he did what he said he was going to do. He mm-hmm. helped him capture her alive. Yeah. And then Toro made his own bad choices. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did it, uh, yeah. did it also, were you worried about Baby Yoda when he shot Toro? Oh yes, and and you know I always watch the first uh, episode with Grace, and if you hurt cute things uh, in front of her, <laughs> she gets really upset. And uh, we were both we both had that moment the way it was. I don't want to say the way it was shot, like it was shot bad, but just like you you have this like where where'd it go? And then the next day, Grace and her sister watched it, and her sister started screaming. You better not do anything. The moment Toro comes out with a gun to his head, and then when it falls, she was like, she was really upset. Which again is just the power of Star Wars and, and, yeah. and just entertainment in general. When you can get sucked in so much that on a Friday afternoon at two, you're like, like, no, don't hurt the puppet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, we we definitely our house. We were worried. Understandable. Yeah. All right. As we begin to wrap up here, let's talk about predictions for next week. <sighs> Fade in. Boba Fett's uh, <laughs> hanging around with Fennec Shan. Um, you would you would pose the great question of last week of Hey, are we going to see him struggling to get off the planet? Right? Yeah, of, yeah. And mm-hmm. essentially, we did. We saw him being chased. We yeah. know, so there's problems. So I'm going to follow your lead. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think he has to fully know at this point. Mm-hmm. I can't take two steps without right. th- being having everyone come down on me. Mm-hmm. So. How is he going to handle that? I feel like, uh, given the synopsis that we've seen for next week, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's still not going to have a big picture plan Mm -hmm. and is going to turn to someone he has known in the past for, For uh, I don't, Sanctuary Part 2? You know, or is it like a, uh, to go to like even Breaking Bad when you're like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'll go to a fixer who will hide me. Right, and I'm going to go do a job for somebody so that they can take me to the most secluded place in the galaxy, not Octo, (laughs) Uh, but what they believe is the most secluded place in the galaxy. Yeah, Uh, I like that idea. I like the idea of help. Help help's going to go wrong. We're going to assume that at this point, and that like his his end his end game is still right now safety for this creature it's got to be right because that's, that's what's right it. in front of him he, is just like not who do i want to be not how am i going to get by of just like where yeah. can i stop this thing from being killed yeah because he's not like i'm not he's not trying to solve the mystery of what they were trying to do with him he's not gonna he doesn't want to confront anybody he's trying to run and I, I i i could take one more week of that but 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 now this is really something's got to change and i wonder if that might be the tension of the episode of mm. nice try yeah. You can't hide. You have to face this yeah. head on. Yeah. Or 
his hand is going to be forced by Moff Gideon just catching up with catching him. Catching up to him. Yeah. So uh, I think I think I hope maybe Moff Gideon next week because otherwise we're looking at mm-hmm. uh, another episode of the week. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you will, and then the final two episodes back to the story, story. of Baby Yoda and the Imperial Warlord's yeah. desire for him yeah. that we were introduced to in in the first couple episodes. Um, I think that there's also the possibility that since it was really raised as a question this week, mm-hmm. that he. Mando might face a little bit more specifically what does it mean to be a caregiver? Because, hey, Mm -hmm. tried to drop him off on a peaceful planet, but he's being hunted. I tried to just function by Mm -hmm. leaving (laughs) a baby in a hot ship. (laughs) And I got called out for it. Yeah. And he's this little MFR is never going (laughs) to stay. He's always going to be on my side. So maybe there'll be some some thematic of like, how how am I that? How am I a caregiver? Because that's what I am now. Yeah. I don't know how to be that. I don't want to be that, but I have to be. So how do I do that? Single parent yeah. in the galaxy yeah. trying to make ends meet. That is my prediction yep. is that Mando's going to get a pamphlet <laughs> at a support group on how to be a single yeah. parent in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, soon soon Mando's, Mando's going to need to make a plan or his hand's going to be forced. Yep. Uh, we are going to wrap up. Unless you have any other thoughts. No, no. All no, right, let's do it. Let's uh, wrap up with a uh, weird, fun, personal question inspired by the episode. If you, Ken, were babysitting Baby Yoda, what would you feed him? Dry food. Um, look, <laughs> I, I'm trying to use an example of dogs. Like, our, our dogs right now are dry food dogs, and, and then I sneak them whatever human food I'm eating. I'm bad. But, like, growing up as a kid, when my mom got the wet food for the dogs, yeah. the Alpo, I would gag, and I'd, I can't do it. So if Baby Yoda needed a frog... <laughs> I'd be like, have you tried these little breadsticks that uh, Luke had on Dagobah that uh, your Uncle Yoda seemed to like? Okay. <laughs> you <know? laughs> your Uncle Yoda. I don't, I don't, you know, like, like, yeah, that would be. Interesting. Interesting. I was yeah. going with the more real world. Yeah. Uh, so I'd make a frozen pizza just to see if he liked it. Sure, that's a good starting point for you. But in, in general, like, mm. he, he's a, he's pretty hard meat eater so far i would yeah. say swallowing a, a frog hole and yeah. uh, sipping on that bone broth mm. uh so I, I think i would uh try to buy him an impossible burger at a local restaurant okay. here in los angeles and, and see see what he likes yeah see if he likes it yeah and if he's like you know looks up at me like why isn't there a bone in this yeah. <laughs> stick a bone in yeah an impossible burger for him yeah in terms of real world food i mean i uh, you know if i want to hang out and grab a snack with a friend uh it's uh, frozen yogurt so maybe we'll come on baby yoda <laughs> here's a sample cup <laughs> can you see baby yoda wandering around a, a menchie's oh my or god a yogurt land uh, yeah that that meme but with frogurt <laughs> yeah it's happening hey it's even got frog in the title mm-hmm. <laughs> It yeah. is perfect. Frozen ice cream made out of a frog for Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I think we cracked what's going to happen next week. There we go. Bone broth, uh, frozen yogurt flavor. There we go. We did it. We wrestled <laughs> uh, wrestled with an episode, uh, a chapter that uh, a lot of different people are having a lot of different perspectives on. Uh, what we loved yeah. about it, what we questioned about it, and got yeah. to think about Baby Yoda's diet. We have spoken. <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.